Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Final hour of the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105. Through the fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. One more. Jeffrey Carroll holding down for here. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation, you can get you caught up on your headlines on this Monday night here on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg Atatula. If you want to get at us on Twitter, we are with you until 11 o'clock tonight. Also. Or All blue the way? Uh, where? Huh? Well, you can find Reg on Blue Sky, I guess, hanging out, I guess. Um, we're with you uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week. Four episodes of Get Right. We got to get you these lists. You this week. <laughs> list week 2023 on the Get Right. You missed If you missed our list earlier, uh, we talked about the 10 most intriguing players. We didn't talk about all 10, though. No, we, we talked about the ones that we felt were pretty intriguing going into 2023's NFL season. That kicked off our list week, by the way. Programming notes, tease for tomorrow night's show. Ooh. Uh, David Hellman of Fox Sports is going to be joining us here on, in the Get Right. Should, uh, we make, should we make him make a list impromptu? No, he's going to be dealing with enough of that coming up here real soon. So, yes, I heard yes. I'm going to make him. No. Mm-mm. I want Dave to hang around in the studio for a while. Uh, that's right. David Hellman is going to be in studio with us beginning at 8 o'clock. Tomorrow night, so don't miss the Get Right David Helmet of Fox Sports. Going to be hanging out with us in the DFWsecurity.com studios beginning at 8 o'clock before he heads back to uh, the sunny skies of Los Angeles, California, where he's got to get ready for, speaking of the 2023 NFL season, got to get ready for Speak and the new NFL season coming up here. Tweet at... At David Helmet underscore the type of list that you want him to bring to the show tomorrow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Dave's going to be like, what the hell is happening in my mansion? That's all these, the intention. All these lists. Yeah, what's what's the going on here? Yep. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> that's how we kick off your headlines here on this Monday night where apparently I am now old enough to have seen Vladimir Guerrero Sr. And now his son, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. win the home run derby. Because how old am I, Reg? You 36! <laughs> That's right. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is your 2023 home run derby champion in Seattle. He takes out Randy Arozarena. Vlad Jr. hit a hitting a total of 72 mm. home runs tonight in the home run derby. So congratulations to 
Vlad Guerrero Jr. You know what I never remember? I somehow never remember this until the night of the Home Run Derby. Just how long the Home Run Derby actually takes. In my brain, I'm like, all right. Well, it used be. to take a long, long time. It used to take even longer, yes. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, all right, you know, an hour or two. So, no, 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 this thing is on four hellas. Like, this thing is on for about three hours. There's a whole program of block, for real, for yeah. real. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is a whole thing. But for some reason, until we get to the day, my brain does not remember that. It's just like, oh, yeah, the quick competition. Ain't nothing quick about it. It's going to take a minute. <laughs> uh, after a four-year absence from the events, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. takes home his first Derby title with the win over Randy Rosarena in the final. Guerrero Jr. and his Hall of Fame father, Vladimir Guerrero, who won it 16 years ago, are the first father-son duo to be home run derby champions. That's beautiful. To which I say, I cannot believe I've witnessed this. I was talking to somebody about look that. At you, look at you being upset at your blessings. Look at you. You blessed. No, no, it's not uh, that I'm upset. Trust me, I'm very grateful. Been very, around. Very, very, very grateful. For many years. But you, look. As you said, daddies and sons. Look, look at Tim. Uh, like I said, I'm 36 years old. And I'm now, I'm now watching. It's so weird. Like, I vividly remember the primes of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, Fernando Tatis. Um, pick your NFL player of choice these days. Uh, Joe Horn, Patrick Sertan. Who else got sons out here? Asante Samuel. Yeah, the Asante Samuel one hit me. Yeah. Like, and now watching their sons out here, even Patrick Mahomes' daddy, Pat Mahomes, who was a pitcher, you know, for the Mets at one point as well, out here, their sons out here kicking it and dominating in their own respective sports as well. Like Bo Bichette, Dante Bichette's yeah. son, you know. Uh, speaking of the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, the Blue Jays, just, they got them a grip of my daddy used to play in the league. Yeah, yeah. And like, Kevin Biggio, you get to come in here too. I forgot, and I forgot about him, yeah. Like, it's just it's just weird watching. And now it's even weirder because LeBron James' son, Bronny, is about to play his freshman year of you know, college at UFC, USC in basketball. And his daddy was just drafted 2000, in 2003. That was 20 years ago. And now he's got a son that's about to be out here playing college basketball. It's just weird. Man. I was like, is this segment just going to devolve into whose son have I seen? That would be a great segment, by the way. Just, I don't know why. Wait, what? Hold on, wait, what? Adrian Beltre's son will be in the, in the MLB soon. Hey, that boy, I don't know. Like, I have no I'm idea sorry, what? like what the actual process, like where he is. I don't know if he's like high school or whatever. But one thing I remember is like seeing that little fella, like take BP every once in a while. Yeah. He can swing that bat, buddy. <laughs> he can swing that bat. I don't know like what the development process has been. But when I seen it, I seen it. Uh hell, even Jack Leiter, uh, with his son Al Leiter. Remember watching him play. Other way around. But yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, you, yeah. you, you got the people right. Yeah. Order wrong. It's all good. Uh by the way, Adolis Garcia, speaking of the Rangers, unfortunately fell in the first round to Randy Rosarena. Uh Garcia hit 17 home runs as correctly predicted by Alec Medford. Shout out to Medford. Rosarena hit 24 home runs in the first round. Garcia hit 17. So Garcia was knocked out rather early in the home run derby. That just gave him more time to sit and watch and have fun. And go kick it with his other, you know, five all-star teammates. Yeah, well, I didn't see, you didn't see them on the field, did you? Uh, I, I, I guess. Yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, I didn't see that. That's a good point. I didn't see but that. yeah, no, it's it's always cool. I don't I don't know how many people really enjoy this, but I I kind of enjoy seeing the camaraderie of, of the participants and the folks that are just kind of behind home plate, enjoying from the uh, best seat in the house. Kind of, that's always fun. And I I wonder. I mean, obviously disappointed that you know Adolis didn't have a run in that little tournament, but I always wonder if it's just like, hey man, having to do all this swinging is tiring. Let me get my <laughs> one in, and now I can just hang out and kick it and enjoy this time. I mean, I'm sure winning the event would be really cool. Sure. But the second best thing would be, let me put on a show and then lose, and I can watch everybody else hit these home runs. You know, that might be the best consolation prize. Um, shout out to Detroit, uh, Detroit Pistons center Isaiah Stewart. Hello. Uh, he signs a four-year, $64 million rookie contract extension. So Isaiah Stewart getting paid by Detroit. Detroit basketball. Uh, Stewart gets the first non-maximum extension for the 2020 draft class. I wonder how that makes him feel. Um, and the one thing I always think about, or the one thing I think about when it comes to this is, damn, why didn't I play basketball better? Um, you know? I mean, were you going to grow another, you know, I'm six, six inches or I'm six well. one. I could have probably make some. I could have made some shake. Oh, okay. But that's the thing is I was not. I was not good enough at basketball. I'm about to say, well, you, you, if you're good enough at basketball, you see Dame out here. So you're gonna be like a six one point guard with hops or something. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Because mm-hmm. unless you're gonna get another six or seven inches, I don't know how much that would have worked out for you. I think all I needed was like about three. If we get to six four, we can make something go. You know oh, what I mean? Six four. What would have been like your ideal basketball I, height and weight? What's funny is, as a young kid, I always thought I just need to be six two. I was like, if you I thought be, six two was the. I was like, I could be a six because I always, I was always a point guard. Okay. So I was like, if I could be a six two point guard, I can make it go. You see what point guards? You know, yeah, like, I mean, we done changed this a little bit. <laughs> That's why I altered to six four. I about to say, I don't know. Six two would have got you. Uh, I don't even know why we're having this conversation, and I'm talking to myself more uh-huh. than anything because I was not good enough. Like <laughs> it just wasn't. Why am I having this conversation? Why am I uh, torturing myself as if this was ever an option? Was you out there working on your game as you know a. Uh, you know, six, seven year old, you out there late nights. Hundred percent. I was very, I was very fortunate. When I was five, we moved into a house that had the that had the rim out front. Oh, okay. And um, so yeah, I I spent a lot of time just out there. In fact, I used to upset folks because I I was the dude that did like the cartoon uh, circus shots. And they're like, <laughs> no, how? And it's like you don't know. I've been doing this for years <laughs> outside by myself. Hey, he can't make that shot. Yes, watch, I can, watch me. Yes, I can. <laughs> I bet they used to play it. Hate playing horse against you, didn't they? That's right. Oh, you was the horse champion? Uh, yeah. What was your favorite trick shot you would beat everybody with? Uh, I mean, just probably like just behind the backboard, stuff like that. Oh, you was the one? Yeah. You could throw it up behind the backboard mm-hmm. and knock it in? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Still can, funny enough. That's, <laughs> that's the one that stuck. The other ones, I messed up my jump shot at one point in high school, so like it's it's a whole different thing. Nobody cares that much. Uh, can we talk about, though, uh, a little bit of Summer League? Um, the players that have been are on the all too good to be out here list, the guys who have been shut down. Yeah, because Jabari Smith is out here tearing it up. <laughs> yeah, that was like that's that, that's enough, Jabari. You, you've made your point. You you don't have to drop another forty on these cats. All right, we got it. You get we get the point. Um, but yeah, Jabari Smith they shut him down. Uh, Victor Wembanyama was shut down, which is interesting because I saw a quote from from the. Uh, someone was quoting the Spurs saying that they had only given him one instruction and it was one word experiment 
the idea was they wanted him to get out here and just test the boundaries of what him, what he and his body could do against pseudo NBA caliber players. It's probably why we saw him like trying to dribble and you know like cross people up and take guys off of the dribble. Oh, that's why he was trying that stuff in game one. And I was like, oh, okay, all of that makes more sense. Oh, we, okay, we were out here, and I'm, I wasn't really, but like just in case, we were out here flaming him. You know what I mean? For, oh, man, like, you were out here looking ridiculous. In all reality, Getting he— Getting bodied by Brandon Miller in he game was, one. He was out here, like, trying to do all sorts of different stuff just to try things out. And I was like, okay, that makes more sense. Which reminds me is that sometimes in, like, non-regular season instances or non—yeah, like yeah, games that, I guess, technically don't matter, we have to remember, maybe not everybody's going for the same exact thing. Sometimes people are trying stuff out, right? Like, we talk about in spring training sometimes, mm-hmm. like, yo, why does he look like this? Yeah, maybe that pitcher is just trying to— work on something, you know? Um, and I think that that's what's happening with Victor Wembanyama. Then the second game came through, and he was like, let me show y'all how I do this. And they're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. We've seen enough. That's cool. Yeah, because he dropped, what, was it 27 in his uh, his second game? Did it more efficiently, too. That was the big thing, because yeah. I think he was like two for 11 on his first first night. Yeah, he had a couple of dunks. He had one in transition. I was like, oh, yeah, we get it. Yep. In fact, speaking yep, of it, it uh, can I get two here? This is actually Victor Wembanyama talking about his – his performance comparing game one of summer league to game two i wish we would have won the game yeah i, I think i could have done more to to, to have my team win this game it's we gotta keep learning and uh we haven't been playing our best for like three quarters but in the fourth we were really dominating and uh it shows a real personality of a team and uh, i think that personally i'm just it's normal to get to get better every game two days ago was my first game i had like a summer going on with the draft with the media and stuff so you know it makes sense so first of all i just wanted to recognize i hadn't heard that man talk that man voice deep as hell boy um secondly um how did you feel about his like perspective on that i thought it was great i mean because i found some of the the comments after his first game to be wildly uncomfortable like he's what 19 years old Mm -hmm. and it's his very first professional game in the nba albeit a summer league game um and the idea that he was dealing with a lot of bleep like he came here and immediately ended up in something with like britney spears right like this was just a really weird situation for him all the way around and all of the mobs kind of catching him as he's like trying to get acclimated to the United States. It was a lot. Yeah, so I think for the a range of emotions that he was dealing with on top of getting out there and trying to do his job, like it's a lot. And he's going to have a lot to transition to and playing in the NBA game, you know, getting used to the rigors of the NBA schedule and everything else that comes with being, you know, the face of a franchise at 19 years of age. And I thought he handled himself well for everything that was happening. And then, of course, in the second game, really putting it together uh, that gave the Spurs, I'm sure the Spurs organization, a lot more comfort about what they believe is to come with him. And so much so they were like, yeah, that's enough. Uh, You're good. You can go ahead and shut that down. Um, But he, I thought, was very good in game two. Defensively, yeah, he's going to be a monster. Um, Offensively, it'll be interesting to see how he deals with the, the strength and the physicality of the NBA game. Because let me tell you something. One thing that he's going to have to get used to quickly, cats are coming for his neck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every mm-hmm. time he step on the floor. Because let me tell you something. The first time Anthony Edwards get the chance to posterize him on a break of some sort, Anthony Edwards coming for that neck. <laughs> Every time. Um, so he'll get used to all of that. But I thought I thought what he did for his two summer league games was fine. So I'm um, happy for him. 
and hopefully it continues to move uh, well for him down the road. Speaking of which, the Mavericks did something that they haven't done in quite some time. Speaking of Summer League, uh, they won a Summer League game. Uh, they defeat the Philadelphia 76ers 111-103. to The Mavericks engaging in a 30-9 to run to close out uh, tonight's game to get the win. And Jaden Hardy wound up finishing with 24 points, uh, having a stellar fourth quarter. Went 12 of 13 from the free throw line. Uh, Derek Lively uh, played 23 minutes. Uh, Omax Prosper uh, played 24 minutes uh, in the game as well. So the Mavericks were able to drop 37 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, they turned up the defense, only allowing 14 points in the fourth quarter against the Sixers to get a 111-103 win. The Mavericks got two more games left in their uh, summer league schedule. And they, they did a lot of that utilizing like guys that you will – probably never see in a Mavs jersey outside of Summer League. Mm-hmm. Like Jared Dudley, the coach of the Summer League team, it seems like he was just like, yo, I want to let these guys showcase what they have. And a lot of that comeback was with a whole bunch of dudes who will be looking for G League, two-way, maybe in contracts overseas. Um, but they showed out, at least in this moment, that they were, they were very fortunate to have. Uh, so shout out to the Mavs Summer League team. Uh, for getting uh, a win tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. And, of course, um, for Northwestern, uh, their situation continues to deteriorate there as they have fired head football coach Pat Fitzgerald amid hazing claims. Uh, Northwestern fired longtime head coach Pat Fitzgerald on Monday amid allegations of widespread hazing within the football program. The university president, Michael Schill, saying, quote, the the head coach is ultimately responsible for the culture of his team. The hazing we investigated was widespread and clearly not a secret within the program, providing Coach Fitzgerald with the opportunity to learn what was happening. Either way, the culture in Northwestern football, while incredible in some ways, was broken in others, end quote. Defensive coordinator David Braun is expected to be named uh, has been named, I should say, the Wildcats acting coach, sources tell uh, ESPN's Pete Thamel. Fitzgerald, 48, uh, fired after the school had announced on Friday that he'd be suspended uh, without pay for two weeks this summer following the conclusion of a university commission investigation into allegations made by a former Northwestern player. The school said the investigation, which was initiated in January and conducted by an outside law firm, did not find, quote-unquote, sufficient evidence uh, that the coaching staff knew about ongoing hazing, though there were, quote, significant opportunities to find out about it. And then, of course, the school reversed course the very next night. When uh, when the low, when the the school co- school paper. Yeah, the Daily Northwestern published a story detailing right. allegations from the former player who described specific instances of hazing and sexual Abuse. Yeah, and I think the the death knell for me at least, and I think for a lot of people in this, is the the school's finding with the investigation for the or from the outside law firm that okay, they did not feel like they had evidence that um that the coaching staff knew particularly, right? They could not pin that in particular. However, there were significant opportunities to find out. Meaning, if you wanted to know, you could have known. And that seems like a like being derelict of duty, right? Neg- being a negligent to your duty of keeping control, you know, having institutional control. 
And we've seen that time and time again when it comes to particularly college football, lack of institutional control. That'll get you fired every time. So there's uh, your headlines here on this Monday night here on the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, a dark day for sports and journalism with the New York Times as the New York Times has disbanded its sports desk. Is this a real problem? We'll discuss it next on the Get Right. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Back here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105 Through the Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Jeffrey Carroll holding it down for you here. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app here on this Monday nights at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg at Atula if you want to get at us on Twitter. Uh, before we get to our next piece of content, I forgot to shout out Christopher Eubanks earlier. My man headed. Uh, yes. In I was like, who is Christopher Eubanks? And I was like, oh, yes. I Yeah. Handling business in Wimbledon. It's been fun to watch his run so far through the uh, through the tourney. Yeah. I mean, this is a dude who, I mean, has he went to Georgia Tech and he's been pro for about six years, I believe. And this was only the first time that he had make it. He had made it uh, to the, I think, to the round of sixteen in a tournament. And here he is in the quarterfinals. He's taken down a few really big players. Sitsipas was fifth ranked. I think uh, Cam Nori was a ranked player as well. He's he's managed to beat some some interesting players. And he's just a tall, long dude who's able to use his serve really well. Obviously, with those tall tennis players, they have that leverage of the angles, and they you know usually can use their. Uh, use their serve really well, and then on top of that, um, he's been able to just like place the ball incredibly well uh, with the ground strokes. So like he's he's doing an incredible job, and um, he really has an opportunity to make some noise this year. I'm, I'm sure he's made some money for himself uh, with the attention. It's great to it's always great to see another American man uh, having a little bit of success in tennis. The, the American women they are always going to show out, but I know that since uh, probably Agassi or what's my guy that came out of that uh, would from Austin area and I'm already forgetting his name and I feel bad about it but they, they you haven't had a lot of uh, great American men and now you look around there's a lot of young cats Fran- Francis Tiafo mm-hmm. um, and such that are you know doing it big for American for the American men in tennis unfortunately it was a dark day at the New York Times as the New York Times Reg has decided to disband its sports arm in favor of allowing the recently purchased Athletic to take over 
and become basically its sports journalism department at this point. Yeah, we were we found out today that the New York Times is like you mentioned disbanding its sports desk. Um, so this is going to impact more than thirty five sports journalists at the newspaper. Um, and yeah, so they're just going to rely on the Athletic, which they did. They purchased the entirety of the Athletic. Um, I want to say a year ago, something to that effect. Which obviously, if you're not familiar, is a sports oh, sports vertical. Like they have just all sorts of sports coverage on the Athletic. In fact. We have a lot of friends that work with uh, The Athletic and, you know, do incredible work. But I think that this is an issue. Um, And I will utilize a a story that we talked about just a little while ago, a story that we talked about last hour in the Northwestern saga, right, With when it comes to hazing and Pat Fitzgerald, who was ultimately fired uh, earlier today, or at least we were notified that he was fired earlier today. The reason why that story was able to come to the forefront was because some really good journalists at the Daily uh, Northwestern on the campus. And of course, it's worth noting that Northwestern is a big journalism school. They're one of the better ones in the nation, or at least they have that reputation. And so I'm sure there was a lot of really good you know, journalists doing work at the Daily Northwestern. But they did incredible work and incredible journalism to make sure that there was some level of accountability for the university in what seemed to be kind of trying to sweep this under the rug. Obviously, they did do a a six-month investigation, but when you consider the magnitude and the scope of what happened, it seemed like injustice was done, and the newspaper was like, hey, wait, let's let's get to the, the bottom of this. And the idea of local journalism is really i don't want to be hyperbolic but i think it's fair to say is really withering in our current landscape and the reason why i think it's important right because i we could easily go well i mean you've got your espns and you've got like the big and obviously we're talking about the sports aspect of this you've got the big uh you know big national media outlets they'll do the cover but the thing about it is just like in this one espn latched on to the coverage that was done locally Mm mm-hmm it is it is the local ones that have the you know the ends with coaches and the ends with organizations and the ends that then you know they do the groundwork and then the big you know papers or the big outlets will then come through and oh well this is something let's look into it now we can add more resources and dig deeper into it and very often you'll find that it is the local ones local reporters or local journalists or what have you that do the that do the work that really holds things accountable that find that sow the seeds that find the nuggets that then become bigger things and so in seeing i understand new york new york is going to be fine it's such a big media market there's a lot of media places but we're seeing this happen everywhere we saw just today the la times is going to go into this place where they're pairing back some of their their sports staff we're seeing Newspapers all over the place shuttering, mm-hmm. or even if they're not shuttering, they're downsizing in a big way. And we're even seeing of late some of them going to like dabbling with AI generated content, and all we're doing is losing Which local is coverage. And they're the ones that have like the you know the the local stories. I mean, there was a point in time, and we should relate as Texas folks, right? High school football coverage, like that, that was uh, people local on the beats getting to the depths of it, having. Every high school covered and all of the, you know, who's the next big thing. That was the thing that would be found out by local journalists. And now we don't really have, like, we're leaving that to the, you know, the prospect ranking sites and everything. And it's like, man, 
the local portion of it we're losing that and i have a feeling that we're losing the foundation of what all of the bigger stuff is is on it's like we're playing jenga almost and we're pulling from the bottom and adding on the top and mm -hmm. i feel like we're going to look at some point and be like oh wow there's not enough at the bottom to support all this and we're going to be in a bad place yeah, there's a lot of layers to this. You mentioned the Los Angeles Times announcing that its sports section will no longer have box scores, standings, game stories, TV listings, or a daily sports calendar uh, as far as their publication is concerned. And some of this also gets to the idea on how the news, sports news, is consumed mm -hmm. these days as well. The changing landscape of how news is gathered, how it's disseminated, and where individuals are getting their information from has changed dramatically over the last 10, 15 years. Obviously, with the advent of social media, specifically with Twitter, for some individuals, Twitter has become, in a lot of ways, their newspaper when it comes to the information about sports news and how they get it, when they get it, the real time that they're able to get that information in, and the advent of being able to get pieces of information out quickly for people whose attention spans or their time is limited based on their ability to consume their news. So here's the thing, whether you are one that likes to read long form pieces or take in, you know, articles, whether it be sports information, that kind of thing for the New York times to feel like they could really, I guess in a, a way outsource <laughs> their sports you know, gathering information and leave it to the athletic who they purchased. What was the thing for $550 million, something like that. Um, it's a very interesting way. And someone brought this up and I found it to be very interesting as well is the idea that, and I don't know how much more this goes into, you know, some of the strategic parts of this, but the idea of disbanding its sports arm doesn't, doesn't keep, or it keeps, excuse me, journalists from, unionizing yeah that that's where we get into like some of the more insidious portions of this which yeah that's the part that i find Finn, to be absolutely fascinating because i'm like well okay i guess that is a way to not only control uh cost or some in some way but also the labor right it's like how much do you value this thing yes if you're constantly trying to undercut but i like i don't want to be entirely insensitive to the portion of this because someone is talking about you know issue with news is the paywalls but the problem is we're in this place where look man it costs money to do these things right it costs money to and the the fiscal like structure of this is tough to navigate one of the things I think Bomani Jones talks about a lot, and he's very right in this regard, is once you once you start giving these things out for free, like once you put the, the the news on the internet for free, people had a hard time going back and paying for them, right? And Especially when start when people started getting it out themselves and learning how to be able to disseminate the news themselves, right? But there, there's something there's something to be said for news that comes through an outlet that you can quality control, right? Mm -hmm. News that has some level of you know gravitas to it. Not to say that like individual newsbreakers or what have you or you know people that try and be journalists outside of the you know maybe gatekept structure that is you know larger media i understand that but there's something to be said for the idea that there's editors that there's lawyers behind this that there's people that had to that have real stakes that have thought about the journalistic integrity of these things and all those things uh but to go back like look man the the media business isn't the easiest way to make money i no, understand that not. i understand that this is not 
all it's not entirely easy but however regardless of what the factors are i think the destination is still the place that scares me is the idea that everything is going to be not localized and now we're going to be talking about entirely new, you know national perspectives on local happenings if we even get that and i mean hell the reason why you're listening to the station right now is because you appreciate local right like you appreciate that there's people that are tapped into what you care about that are close to you know what you're what you are which what matters to you right and that's where the heart of especially sports journalism is it's on a local level because from a national perspective you can get certain stories and certain perspectives but you cannot get that necessarily without having it on a local level and digging deeper into the stories and issues like you use the example of the whole northwestern situation it was the college newspaper itself digging deeper to be able to uncover a story that obviously was brought to national attention in that yeah way. And the, i think the, one of the biggest things that that scares me is like what are the stories that are not going to be told if we further lose local right who who are the people that are unseen by the larger you know larger uh operations that like maybe through no fault of their own just can't have that that more uh close and nitty-gritty eye sure. that if somebody on the ground level that's in these communities or what have you can and look we're getting closer and closer to seeing that um fully realized and i think that's a i think that's a problem am i overreacting to something where the new york times is new york is going to be well covered they're going to have the athletic possibly right i maybe maybe you look at it and you say you're doing too much I think that this falls in a longer lineage of kind of the journalism situation or the media, if you want to take it further, situation that I think we're, we're worried about. I, I'm worried about where we are going ultimately. Well, there was a national reaction to this, and even in a local DFW level here, individuals like Clarence, you know, Clarence Hill Jr. of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram reacting to the, the news as well because I think it gets to a larger sentiment about where the industry is going, who is affected by it, because we're not just talking about, obviously, the sports journalism arm being disbanded with the New York Times, but the individuals who lost their jobs because of this. And what does that mean if the New York Times feels like they can move on? Yes, they have a particular situation because they have the athletic, but what if other publications feel like, oh, if the New York Times can go ahead and disband its sports journalism arm, maybe that's something we can do as well based on what is going on in the changing landscape there. Especially ones that aren't as well-funded. Correct. And then can I take you to the real, you know, scary scenario in my head? Sometimes people don't do bad just because they know someone's watching. What happens if there are local entities and bad actors that look up and go, nobody's really checking on me? Mm-hmm. What then happens? What then goes on? Remember, we learned more about what happened at Baylor you know, during our browser time because of relatively local journalists. What happens if they are not there to hold people accountable as well? I think sometimes we could be self-aggrandizing as media folks and journalists mm-hmm. at times. But even then, like, there's still a very important role in this ecosystem. And I wonder what happens if locally that diminishes more. Yeah, checks and balances are important, especially when you're trying to ensure the veracity of information. <laughs> and that can go away with the defocus if you will of local journalism so a very interesting story today with the new york times deciding to disband its sports journalism arm uh as the athletic will be their primary source of sports news and information
Coming up next on the Get Right, it's the final call here on 105 Through the Fan. It's the final call here on the Get Right. We're Reggie KG here on 105 Through the Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Jeffrey Carroll holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us here on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line 877-881-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation. We are back with you. Tomorrow evening, beginning at 7 p.m. right here on 105 Through the Fan. David Helmet of Fox Sports is going to be joining us live in studio beginning at the 8 o'clock hour here on the Get Right. So you don't want to miss that here on 105 Through the Fan. Again, David Helmet of Fox Sports and Speak going to be joining us here uh, beginning at 8 o'clock tomorrow night here live in studio. Talk a little Cowboys. Where? Huh? Where? In the DFWsecurity.com studios. Okay. Uh, we'll talk a little Cowboys, of course. Uh, LSU is rolling right now. In everything. Everything, mm-hmm. it, it feels like. National champions in baseball. National champions in women's basketball. Got a decent football program these days as well. David Helman just rolling in it right now. And he was out there in Omaha, too. He was. He was living his best life, using that TV money <laughs> to to buy all them shots. Y'all don't understand all them. The reason why LSU got uh, you know won all them Jello shots is because David Hellman was out there being a philanthropist. <laughs> he was giving Jello shots to the people. Oh man, <laughs> him and Mag boy, <laughs> they were having such a good look. They was having a good time. Uh, but David Hellman will join us tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Here, one of our favorites here. Did we figure out when we're booking Meg and Kelsey at some point? You know, Kelsey living her best life right now um, out there in Tennessee. So Is that where she is? Are we supposed to be telling people where she is? Oh, she didn't let it be known. Oh, I didn't know. I like, legitimately didn't know. Wow. I'm going to tell David you said that, Opie. Uh-oh, what happened? On the Twitch chat, they said, David Hellman, the great value Bobby Belton, he will fight you behind that. Not the great. <laughs> they will. It's, oof. 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 The great value Bobby Belt? They're going to fight. That's wild disrespectful to David Hellman. Damn. <laughs> wow. Jeff, this is the final call here on the get right as we get out of here on this uh, this Monday night. Bobby, what Bobby going to do? Bobby, I Probably hear nothing. fighting, you know, Sean and RJ every day, you know, 530 to 10. Because they try to stunt him every time they get on it. <laughs> It's funny. I will say it's funny listening to Sean and Bobby go back and forth because obviously it's in good, you know, good fun, whatever. Sean be coming for Bobby's neck all the time. Man. Sean, Sean comes for everyone's neck. That's, that's how Sean kicks it. That is his general MO. Sean only knows one mode, which is attack. Attack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, tune in starting at 530 a.m. Uh, the Sean and Bobby show today. Chop was a. Uh, is Chop not back tomorrow? I don't, I, don't know. I don't know if he's back tomorrow. I, I know no he was idea. out today. Um, I'm interested who this 9 o'clock guest is. Yeah. Tomorrow morning. Because <laughs> I have a feeling that it's it's a very particular person. So if that's the case, don't listen. Don't worry about it. Oh, I'll be busy working, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the Mac. What happened? Uh, I saw this was interesting. All right. Because we were talking about um, how Adolis Garcia – was unable to defeat Randy Rosarena in the first round of the home run derby, in part, at least by my estimation, uh, because Tony Beasley was, you know, not necessarily putting the ball where it needed to be. There was other players as well whose um, BP 
pitcher, was not really necessarily putting the ball where it needed to be. Shout out to Adley Rushman's pops, who kept throwing him, jamming him inside as if he was like trying to get him out or something. Um, And this is something that I saw interesting that's worth asking. Should the Home Run Derby use pitching machines? Right, um... Like you just, you just, it's it stinks to see you know dudes who are really good hitters have huh. have the ball not quite placed where they want it to, and it's like guys, I I don't know, does it take away from the appeal of this by just having a pitching machine there, or are we just doing too much? Yeah, I think we're doing too much. Um, yeah, the human element of being able to you know have somebody for know. what, why? What do you mean why? We've seen some cool stories like father, son, you know, be able to pitch to each other. The father can put the ball in the machine. <laughs> he can still be a part of this. But that, you don't see, you know, pitching machines throwing batting practice in a game before a game, do you? No, but you also don't see batting practice happen in three minute increments on a timer. So you're saying, I, for, the, we were, we you're were saying ta- for the efficiency of the game? Yeah, we, we were talking about it, right? Like we were talking about the idea that some of the inaccuracy of the BP pitcher might just be. Like the, the the speed and the consistency that they have to like, oh, we have to throw this ball quickly to try and get, you know, to try and get, you know, these pitches out and try and get some bombs. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, if we need that consistency and if you need that pace, pitcher machine available. That's an interesting concept. Maybe they should try it in the minors and see how that works out. You know, they always try everything out in the minors. That's right. It gets to the uh, it gets to the majors. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. Just an idea. To try to have a pitching machine throw the home run derby. Just to give our boy Adolis Garcia a chance. (laughs) You're really going to keep crushing Tony Beasley for that, huh? Great guy. (laughs) Great guy, Tony Beasley. Yeah. Watch, he's going to get to Tony Beasley. He's going to hate me somehow. Like, somehow, someone's going to let him know. Hey, Tony Beasley. There's these dudes on the radio. One in particular. He just kept saying, you stink at BP. (laughs) And it's going to get to him, and he's going to hate me. You know, one thing we should ask David Hellman tomorrow? What's that? How much money would it take for him to sit across from Skip Bayless to be his daily sparring partner? I guarantee you there's a number. <laughs> On Undisputed. I guarantee you there's a number. Have you seen this? Seen what? So apparently Skip Bayless and Undisputed is taking a two-month yeah. uh, hiatus which is longer, Which is longer than they expected. The reason being, apparently, according to uh, Michael McCarthy of... Oh, he's the head coach of the Cowboys. Uh, not that Mike McCarthy. Oh, okay. Of, uh, he's a senior writer for Front Office Sports. The reason being is that Bayless and FS1's management, they can't find a replacement for Shannon Sharp. Cause, I, absolutely. Because this is the thing, right? <laughs> Here's the issue. Anybody who would be good enough to do that job and not choke him out would cost way too much money. <laughs> you saw the levels of restraint that Shannon had at times when it came to dealing with Skip Bayless. Um, McCarthy saying, quote, Shannon Sharp's departure has left Skip scratching his head on who they're going to replace him with, end quote. Now, there's been a bunch of names that have been bandied about. Didn't Skip do, like, apparently he has, like, a podcast just like Stephen A. does somehow. Uh, where he called out Charles Barkley. Talking about he wants to get after Charles Barkley on a daily basis. And I was like, why would Charles Barkley do that? Yeah, why would Charles sign up for that? You see that easy money he's getting over there? He's got easy money over there. Also, TNT? 
do you, like he it didn't it doesn't matter what kind of logic Charles puts in a, in an argument because all he's gonna be told is how his fat keister couldn't beat Michael Jordan and he will he will kill that man <laughs> he'll kill Skip Bayless on TV I guarantee it. Look, man, there have been names such as uh, LaShawn McCoy that have been banded about. Oh, please, no, thank you. Well, I say that like I'm going to watch the show. I'm not watching the show. I'm not going to watch it. Um, but here's the thing. The part of this, too, is um, what we've heard reported in terms of how Skip wants to obviously re- remain in control of the show. As he should. Like, he's he is the, he's the number one on that show. Like, he basically wants a subservient partner. I mean, I get, I get why he would want that. Uh, someone that won't necessarily challenge him. When it comes to these debates, basically he just wants somebody to, you know, he wants a sparring partner that he wants to try to beat down. Every That's day. right. Um, oh, he wants to he wants to crash dummy. Um, Pretty much. The tough thing about it is like that's not interesting television. Yeah, and who would want to sign up for that? And this is the thing, and this is where people might crush me for this because people hate Stephen A. Smith. That's fine. Stephen A. Smith is a lot better at that portion of this because, yes, he wants somebody that can like do the dance with him, but like. Stephen A. Smith very much has a we all eat mentality. Except if you're Max Kellerman. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. Uh, and like he has he has plenty of ego to him too, right? Like he wants the show to happen the way that he wants. I I don't think that uh I think that Stephen A. Smith is a lot more uh a lot more acquiescing to the other people that end up on the show rather than the Skip Bayless. And I just can't imagine what it's like to work with Skip Bayless. Cannot. Um I was about to say, call me, see if we can figure out this money. I guarantee you I wouldn't be there long, but I'd cash out. Uh, from the 972 for $4 million, you'd sign up for that job, KG. You'd have to get me to start at 20 for me to think about it. Really? To think about it. I'm not going to subject myself to Skip Bayless trying to dunk on me every day. I'd jump across the table and choke that man. Like, his job is to try to embarrass me on a daily basis. No, nah, man, that's not how that's going to go down. Like, if if you want to put out some good television, like, we need to be equal partners in this, in the sense of how we put this show together, what we want to disseminate on television, and what that looks like. You're not going to come out here and try to dunk on me every day. Buddy, I might light, I might light a year on fire to get $5 million. <laughs> a, year, a year of hating my job. Oh, really? And wanting to kill that man to get $5 million. Buddy, you don't want to see my bank account right now. <laughs> I might, I might do it. I might light a year on fire. You see, you will see all sorts of veins throbbing in my forehead. Twenty, and I'll, <laughs> you would be the epitome of that meme. What's the kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the vein popping. <laughs> and just, just know in the back of my head, I'd be thinking, "Oh boy, just a few more months. You keep cashing these checks." January one, you're thinking already keep, thinking about that. Keep cashing these oh, checks. Oh my. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't put in a two weeks. I put in a four months. Not a four. <laughs> just letting you know. Remember. Remember, four months, I'm out of here. Hey, three months, 13 days. Remember. You're down bad if you're counting down the days immediately. You know that, right? Like, if you're counting down immediately. If somebody is signing up to give me $4 million, I consider. Like I said, if you give me 20, I'll think about it. I I would think about it. My wife would be like, "Uh, sign that contract. Sign it. And and get the bag. Well, I don't know if it's worth my dignity. And then this is the thing. I feel like I'm relatively smart, so I might just say crazy things to that man. <laughs> I might just talk him into some circles. <laughs> y'all naming y'all number clearly. Everybody's got a prize. <laughs> Somebody said he can embarrass me for half. All right. Okay, look. Hey. You got it. Like my man Ted DiBiase said, everybody's got a prize. That's everybody. There's a number. 
<laughs> we will find out Dave Hellman's number tomorrow. <laughs> uh, shout out to the 1.39 million viewers um, on average that watched Victor Wimanyama's debut, the second most in NBA Summer League history. I think there could only be one other person that had. Wait, LeBron didn't play Summer League, did he? I don't remember. I don't even remember. I legitimately don't remember. Also, Summer League wasn't as big of a deal. That's true. Like they, It's incredible, the things that we've made into TV properties now. That's true. Oh, well. Appreciate you having joined us here on this Monday night edition of the Get Right. Again, you can follow me on Twitter, at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Attila. Really appreciate the hard work of Jeffrey Carroll. Thank you, sir. Jeff! From my partner, Reginald Attila, my name is Kevin Gray. This has been the Get Right Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 7 p.m. Y'all be good. Y'all be easy. Peace! Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.